for me as the sustainability head of starlight i always start with a question that does our security guard who's standing outside the gate know about sustainability discourse or the targets that we are talking about if he doesn't know we're not going to achieve that so it has to start and it and actually boils down to every single person associated with the organization understanding the responsibility and taking it seriously and working towards that and unless that's done it's all a facade and it will be just about few people sitting in boardroom trying to do something out of it hi everyone welcome to the first edition of bending the lines a circular lens of industries thank you so much for joining us this is shashwat gangwal and i'm the founder of infinity box it is my earnest request to all of you to tune in and spread the word because after all the pandemics and the wars end one war which we will always be fighting for is the one for our planet and for our future generation today's guest is one of the few women leading the sustainability agenda at any organization ms akansha sharma serves as the head of csr and sustainability at sterlite technologies limited prior to this role she had led sustainability for jubilant foodworks the parent companies of Domino's for over 6 years. She has extensive experience of over a decade in advising boards on sustainable businesses practices which is the need of the hour. She is also noted amongst the 100 most impactful CSR leaders globally, has featured in Asia's top sustainability superwoman list of honor and represented India at the international expedition of climate force in Antarctica. In this episode Akansha talks about her journey and where sustainability has been an area of interest for her. We discuss the initiatives being undertaken by Sterlite to reduce waste and the challenges they foresee in achieving circularity. She also gives her insights on how other companies could follow suit, especially in terms of collaborating for a sustainable business and has an important message for every stakeholder involved in the organization in this pursuit. Hi Akansha thank you so much for joining us today it's an absolute pleasure to be in your presence Hi Shashwat thank you for having me here It's a very interesting episode uh, because we have you who has a very different set of achievements very unique achievements like you've been internationally acclaimed in international development and public policy uh, you have received several uh, accolades like being uh, featuring in Asia's top social uh, sustainability superwoman list and You were also uh, recently the climate force ambassador and led the international expedition on climate change in Antarctica. Right, so these are very, very unique and diverse set of um, experiences and accolades to have. So it would be extremely helpful for our uh, listeners to, you know, get to know from you uh, how your journey has been and uh, how it feels to be in a space which is just recently picking up and definitely does could also do with a bit more of inclusivity. Sure. uh so firstly thank you very much for your kind introduction um so over the past uh, uh one decade i have been working across uh, different sectors that includes the private sector the un agencies and the social sector as well uh promoting sustainability and uh, shared value proposition uh which includes more collaboration across the institutions and organizations and uh, due to my work i have had the chance to lead change for development through strategic decision making and policy discourse uh on sustainability business responsibility and csr 
I've also been extensively working upon impact investments and social entrepreneurship. So uh, with corporates in particular, I've had the opportunity to advise the board on responsible business practices uh, that includes whole range of initiatives, right from their waste management to carbon emissions, uh, to uh, their water policies and uh, reduction targets. And that I think gave me a very unique uh, uh, opportunity to really drive organizational approaches and establish strategic partnerships for development across uh, private, uh, public and civil society. So and because I believe that uh, to, to lead sustainability agenda, organizations and individuals cannot work in silos. I mean, this uh, collaboration and a participatory approach is the bare minimum to lead uh, to, uh, 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 you know, uh, the kind of results we are all expecting out of a greener and more sustainable planet. And um, I believe that all these experiences have played a major role in my journey when I look back today in retrospect, and it has been a wonderful learning experience so far. Yeah. Um, wow, that, that sounds uh, like a lot of work that you've been up to. So what got you excited about this space? Uh, I mean, again, like you said, it's been a decade, but um, as I was pointing out, and it has been, as has been heard from a lot of other speakers, it's only been recently you know, picking up in terms of a lot of aspects, including regulations as well. So what what really got you excited about this space? Well, many things, because uh, the kid back, as you see, uh, the, the awareness on sustainability environment was there, but it wasn't very high. It wasn't as, um, you know, uh, sensitive a topic as it is today. The career paths were not very uh, clearly chalked out uh, you know, so of course, uh, there was ambiguity on a lot of things, especially for a newcomer to step into this kind of fun. But I believe it was a deep conviction that, you know, if we have to create a world which is more sustainable for uh, people like us, for the young generations and for the future generations as well, uh, we all have to really work together. We all have to do meaningful work that just not help us pay our bills, but would also create much more impact uh, with the organizations, with the communities that we work with. So I think that was the underlying thing. Uh, but uh, honestly, Shashwan, if I look back, it's, it all goes back to my school days from where I started volunteering with a lot of organizations and it really evolved uh, with a you know period of time during my college and later, of course, and with in different capacities with different organizations. So I think uh, one big thing which I believe really helped me in my own uh, personal set of experiences is seeing things uh, at the grassroots level myself. And uh, I really promote this culture where I believe young people should really uh, volunteer with a lot of NGOs, with communities and with organizations, see things, uh, you know, uh, a bear and then once you are exposed to the naked truths of life i think the people become much more sensitive towards both the social impact the sustainability aspects of development and then it is no more of uh, you know just a policy discourse or just a thing which looks more jazzy in terms of career then you know what you are doing and what you want to do and why do you want to get into a particular field so i think uh, that that uh, really played a big role in my life. That volunteering during my early days mm. of life, yeah. Right. I mean, 
Wow. Uh, thank you so much for that answer. I think that touches upon two of the main main aspects of this podcast, right? Reaching out to uh, millennials and Gen Z who will be the leaders of tomorrow. And secondly, making it as personal as possible so that we realize the gravity of the every single step, every single uh, activity that we carry out on a daily basis. So I completely agree with you. And again, thank you so much uh, for whatever you've done. Given that we live in the world of data, right? Uh, it's something that uh, people don't realize that you guys, like Stylite, is responsible for getting that data to us, right? I mean, it is you guys who are laying down the optical fiber cables, etc. So let's let's talk about Stylite a bit more so that people understand how it works and what are the major, uh, you know, polluting aspects per se or unsustainable aspects that can be worked upon. Uh, Stellar Technologies, as you know, and as you rightly said, is an integrated network solutions uh, organization, one of the largest in the world, uh, where we uh, not just manufacture optical fibers, but we deploy them and uh, manage the networks and the softwares related to them. At STL, we take our commitment to planet and our people very, very seriously. Uh, in fact, as data network innovators, we are working to implement and facilitate sustainable practices that help build a better tomorrow. Taking care of our environment is very urgent in, uh, at the company level and we do it on multiple fronts. For example, based on our life cycle assessment study that we uh, have done for a few of our products, we and those are very high volume products. We have identified electricity and raw material consumption as the two major polluting components in the entire process. However, we undertake several energy conservation initiatives like recovery of residual hydrogen to be used in the glass working area or optimization of auxiliaries in the captive power plant, which has resulted in a saving of over 30,000 kWh per month. You know, this is really uh, significant, uh, even though many times people underestimate the power of a smaller initiatives. Also, there has been a lot of focus on the implementation of closed loop chemical dosing systems by real time monitoring, which has also resulted into significant saving of um, over 180,000 kWh. Uh, there has been also initiatives like replacement of metallic fans in cooling towers with the fiber reinforced plastic fans and uh, utilization of condensate with the feed water to lower our consumption. You know, so if you see all of these put together, speak about the consistency of initiatives, uh, you know, that are built to really uh, create a sustainable process and operational chain. Uh, you know, fiber is like 85% more competent in terms of energy consumption compared to copper-based access technologies. And uh, through improvements in precision manufacturing and deployment of data analytics to the manufacturing process, we have been able to reduce our environmental footprint significantly and contribute positively to the circular economy. Right. Um, very interesting. And it's sort of difficult in India when you're working with a huge informal uh, economy how do you overcome that uh, if some other company were to take it up tomorrow to charter the same path that you guys have wh wh what are the some of the tips that you would provide to other companies because i know i have spoken to cement manufacturer i was speaking to the cs of ultratech last time uh, mr arvin and he was telling me how much you know they have collaborated across the the value chain the amount of waste that they produce is less than the amount of waste that they take in 
right? So similarly, that took a lot of collaboration, right? That's not just regulations. Similarly, you guys have also done the same. So given the various initiatives and sustainability goals, uh, how do you develop this ecosystem in a country like India, right? And not just develop it, but also sustain it. Yeah, particularly in Indian perspective, uh, I think each of these plans can only be driven. And again and again, please pardon me for reiterating the same point through collective action. Okay, and I I am a deep believer of partnership building and a collaborative approach towards that through a multi-stakeholder action and approach. The first in the hierarchy is the community of which we are an integral part of. We all are. I mean, then all the businesses uh, that you see operating is in some way related deeply with the community we are operating in, and we are, we must all be committed to continue the. Uh, delivery of life-changing services and technologies that complement a better and more inclusive future. Now, when we really understand the meaning of these words, when, you know, inclusivity in totality, you know, I think a lot of these uh, challenges at the industrial manufacturing front, at the planning front, at the collaborative front becomes much easier. Because, for example, uh, from a sustainable development perspective, Collective action through a holistic strategy is deeply rooted in an organization's culture and values. And I think that is very crucial. So waste management or any other aspect, be it energy consumption reduction, water positivity, carbon neutrality, none of them can be really addressed through a reactive approach or by operating in silos. We need to be proactively identifying opportunities through the value chain to reduce, recycle, reuse and replenish so i think when uh, organizations and i know each industry has its own set of specific challenges and uh, however when these four targets are consistently worked upon innovation becomes the core to achieve this because you can't just reduce recycle reuse and replenish and then do what so it you know it calls for continuous innovation to achieve uh, this uh, and i think that's the need of the hour with climate change and water scarcity um, and these terms not just being local or national, but global issues. So I think alliances are essential to drive innovation and responsible practices across the value chain uh, are, are the key. Uh, uh, we have also done consistent monitoring, uh, you know, not just uh, within the influence of our business, but also, you know, uh, as, as you were saying, uh, up and down the stream with our business partners. So monitoring is, uh, we realized, also very crucial to ensure partners are operating as per the prescribed norms. Because if a cement industry or a data innovator like us, if we are just thinking of ourselves that, okay, we are reducing our environmental footprint, but we actually can't unless we work with the suppliers, unless we work with the customers. So it is a very, very integrated ecosystem that we all have to work towards. Um, on the waste management front, uh, again, a holistic uh, uh, plan that encompasses identifying gaps, improvement areas, proactively process transformation, segregating the industrial waste at the source itself and then proper storage to ensure better recyclability and reuse. So like what I said, incorporating innovation for packaging to product development and at all these stages uh, would really help in, uh, so for example, we have done it for scrap reduction through investment in technology. 
we have uh, you know logistic controls to ensure proper disposal now you see when we deploy uh, these optical fibers these are done uh, you know with the help of uh, contractors who are third party but then we are also trying to bring more and more innovation and newer ways to reduce waste to landfills there as well and uh, most importantly a training and awareness regime for people all across the levels i think this is something which is mostly taken for granted and a bit casually but i think unless people are educated more and more about uh, their uh, basic access to you know uh, uh, human rights labor practices waste generation you know reduction targets and uh, organization should be more pro towards training their employees contract laborers and business associates this would really not work and this i have seen not just in starlight but also in my previous organizations and assignments that awareness generation of your own employees and business associates is the uh, is the only way to create sustainability and we need to at the end all remember that in order to build back better from where the world is today we have to facilitate transformation across several ecosystems and uh, not just our own through a un- united effort that can bring about sustainable change i i know that you uh, we have talked about um, you know uh, people coming together and being a collective effort one like many times well i, I think even if we talk about it 100 times it's something that we should talk about it the 101st time because people don't really realize it the importance of a collective effort in terms of uh, achieving the circular economy at the moment and uh, one of the things that you said uh, about you know generating awareness amongst employees start within the organization first then reach out you know start within your personal network first and let it grow and i think that's something that all the sustainability officials that i speak with they echo the same thing right uh, so when we were talking to mr ghosh in the mahindra podcast he talked about how they had led drives within the organization uh, you know to help employees understand the benefits of just a simple led bulb instead of you know a, a simple uh, bulb that they can't use um, so it starts with these small steps and and i think we should talk about collective effort a lot more and when we're talking about collective effort i think there is one aspect that we do need to talk about though which is which is governments right so so when we're saying that so, so for let's take uh, the example of stellar technologies uh, you have set ambitious goals for 2025 right so you have goals for 100% uh, waste aversion from landfills across all the facilities um, the 50% carbon neutral manufacturing right and a balanced portfolio like you pointed out of 50% uh, carbon neutral products and um uh, and a complete uh, lcr life cycle assessment for um you know suppliers on sustainability parameters i mean these are very ambitious targets especially when you think of it from the perspective of india so given this right given your ambitious goals and given the changing trends that we're looking at in terms of regulations in terms of needs like 5g being set up the whole infrastructural development that's happening across the country what are uh, some of the challenges you foresee in achieving these uh, and how do you think that the government can play a bigger role in helping you know push uh, all the industries all the companies uh, in this space at least uh, to move towards a more uh, circular uh, approach uh i think that's a very interesting question shashwata thank you for asking that um, so 5g technology i believe holds a lot of potential and uh, promising unprecedented data transmission speed and uh, uh, ubiquitous computing possibilities 
but before all of them can be realized an extensive fiber rich infrastructure must be into place and with increased 5g adoptions we are likely to experience a uptick in the manufacturing and deployment of fiber optic assets now uh, that being said the sector sees 5g as a massive opportunity to drive sustainability you know a chief tenet of a 5g ecosystem is a shift towards an all fiber network away from copper yeah and this will significantly reduce carbon emissions to give you a perspective manufacturing a 200 foot length of copper wire produces around 1000 kg carbon emission and creating the equivalent length of fiber optic cable produces the 0.06 kg carbon emission less than uh, 0.01% wow. of the emission associated with copper so you can really see the significant uh, you know uh, difference and the, and the yeah. yeah and the third generation partnership project which is where we call 3gpp an umbrella for a number of standard organizations which develop protocols for mobile telecommunications uh, who have developed 5g specification it calls for 90% reduction in energy use however to deliver on this we need to develop leaner and greener technologies and product designs which we are already upon and uh, we need to work with partners across the value chain and uh, again and again i'm saying the same thing that um, we at stl consider it as a responsibility to drive the industry discourse and not just our own business practices on sustaining circularity factoring realities of the 5g world because uh, you know it has to we all have to work together together is the word and as the demand increases uh, material composition shifts to support the 5g standard many of our suppliers and based um, processing partners that we are seeing they may no longer have the technology muscle to handle material sustainably and uh, this is to nobody surprise i mean uh, but entities may try to cut corners i mean it's it might happen by managing their processes through obsolete methods and thus risking the environment for instance so therefore you know supporting each other using old finance uh, for example i mean uh, using old finance models and air filters to uh, incinerate new types of materials and adding air pollution in the process this can possibly happen and of course availability of capital and its enlightened use is a decisive factor here so uh, with limited infrastructure it may no longer be possible for various partners to comply with the newer regulations and therefore to manage these emerging trends proactive hand holding and training of smaller entities by big industry players is essential and we we are looking at substantial investment towards the uh, inculcation of uh, best practices and capacity building to defend circularity in the 5g area that's for sure and uh, in addition we are also looking at access to renewable energy more and more that has been another major challenge we face as an industry uh, building or even uh, sourcing results in extremely high cost and this is not viable to every corporate right thus reducing their capacity to operate in environmental cognizant way and uh, creating more um, feasible ecosystem that that's that's uh, an area we need to better uh through regulatory reforms um yeah and those are some of the challenges that i feel got it so so there is a, a lot of uh, scope like that could be done uh, in this space right because if you read up on articles online they talk about access to uh, to infrastructure right so for sure that is one then then renewable energy 
uh, access to renewable energy, I mean, it's still minimal, right? I mean, I know there have been a lot of efforts that have been uh, instigated by the government, but still it's it's quite minimal. Um, so in terms of, uh, I mean, sure, there is a lot of expectations and requirements that, that we uh, uh, hold, like circular economy enthusiasts would want from the government. But do you think in, in the post-COVID era, uh, which we haven't even entered yet, um, things will not be that easy like the government might shift the support away uh, in terms of you know just to just to bring about business continuity uh, because things have been affected right like livelihoods have been affected everybody knows that and going back to uh, two months ago like the situation there was um, with a lot of focus on sustainability achieving all the goals you know 2022 the climate agenda that uh, our prime minister had laid out etc so do you think uh, the focus might just, you know, if not shift completely, uh, be diverted for some time? Uh, see, I think the COVID-19 situation is primarily a reminder that the climate change and associated environmental risk, like shifting weather patterns and evolving nature of the pathogens can no longer be ignored. I mean, it's alarming for us. Over the present decade, such threats coupled with other Anomalies like rising emissions and ever escalating levels of plastic waste are going to pose many challenges to human existence. And the time is up for executing a quantum shift from the present linear model of myopic exploitation of the global commons to a climate neutral circular economy. And I think that's what we all should be looking at to seek to optimize the use of natural resources and reduce our ecological footprint through interlocking of industrial interests. I think unless that will be done, this entire, you know, uh, we, we're going to see much more damaging results. And uh, however, I feel in an attempt to build back better, which is the narrative given by the UN that, you know, sustainability is no more into play. We have to really build back better in the post-COVID era. And uh, the world will involve a fundamental reset in our industrial processes, financial systems, our approach to nature uh, uh, and our socioeconomic and cultural linkages, everything uh, will change. And as we emerge from this COVID-19, uh, you know, our mission to drive business revenue and holistic development needs to be dictated uh, by tenants of triple bottom line much more deeply. And the goals uh, and sustainable development goals have to be taken more seriously, not just by the CXOs, but by the CEOs. And this is what I advocate for at every forum. I really speak about it that, you know, uh, COVID-19 is just giving us red alarms to really take these sustainable development goals much more seriously by those who really talk about the bottom lines. And in the coming days, I believe that the strategies for achieving economic interdependence and circularity will be based on intense community action, collaboration, uh, much more uh, ecological cognizance, inculcating keen institutional awareness through sustainability and innovation. And of course, uh, developing a resolute mechanism to continuously improve upon the gaps across the value chain to live up to the, you know, sustainable business practices. So I believe that, you know, uh, everything is uh, changing. Uh, it's it's a very, very fluid uh, situation we are into currently. And we have no option but to be much more sensitive and responsive and responsible towards, uh, you know, what's happening, take charge and get up for a sustainable tomorrow. 
I, 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 I mean, I could not agree with you more, right? I firmly believe in every single word that you said. Uh, but do you think that the government does? Do you think that? So, so I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of our listeners would not uh, know that you know that this this level of data connectivity that the world uh, uh, that we live in today, which the level of data connectivity that we have, that each single usage of data has its carbon footprint, right? Like my if I store my email instead of deleting it, that's like um, according to some studies, like a five to ten gram footprint, right? So there are things that we aren't aware of. And then there is COVID, which we have to deal with, right? I know it is baby steps, but do you think that the direction that we are going towards or we might go towards, maybe it's being led by the government, maybe it's being led by organizations uh, at the helm of uh, circular economy like Starlight, or maybe it's by individuals. Do you think the direction has been uh, paved out and will they continue or will they digress uh, given the economic rules uh, that we face? See, as I said, uh, you know, the the direction has really been charted out. In fact, uh, if you see Canada, uh, Canada has just, uh, you know, uh, uh, created a mandate for all the companies going forward to uh, uh, publicly disclose their environmental footprints and uh, in the post-COVID era. So I think the government uh, in many uh, the Western countries are extremely pro. In India also, uh, of course, the challenges are very different because of massive population. Uh, you know, it, it, we are still a developing country, so the perspectives are very different. The regulations are different. However, I definitely see the business um, and the government working, you know, in tandem. Uh, towards, uh, you know, uh, addressing the issues of sustainable development and not just think about uh, the uh, bottom line, um, the financial bottom lines. And uh, we, we definitely see some aspects of it, but I honestly feel that, you know, we need to be much more proactive uh, as a nation towards it and uh, really see because, you know, the, the consequences of India on the world map uh, you know, uh, both uh, as an industry and as a country, uh, much more significant than many the smaller countries put together, who are showing uh, you know deeper responsibilities towards environment and uh, communities. So, yeah. Right, I, I agree that um, India has taken a very prominent, uh, you know. Uh, position at the world stage and we need to figure out how to uh, continue along the path and keep on improving um, because if we don't it's just going to be very harmful for the environment uh, and the effects would as we see today right like you said the red alarm that the covid era has brought upon us we will see that happening again and again so um, i think it's it's been very insightful uh, Right to understand the amazing steps that Starlight has taken under your leadership. Um, just if 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 you were to give out like you know like three solid takeaways to a business out there uh, in this space or to individuals who who look up to you for inspiration when they are you know trying to move towards a more circular, sustainable way of life, uh, what would that be? Uh, well, I think uh, you know. Collaboration, as I say, is the key. Uh, you know, working in silos won't help everybody. We all have to work together. So together is the key. Uh, continuous innovation, because we all need to continuously innovate and find the sustainable, scalable solutions 
uh, uh, you know, towards uh, sustainable development, towards more environmental friendly practices, um, and uh, clearly charting out business responsibility targets and educating each and every person. So, you know, for me as the sustainability head of Starlight, I always start with a question that does our security guard who's standing outside the gate know about sustainability discourse or the targets that we are talking about? If he doesn't know, we're not going to achieve that. So it has to start and it, it actually boils down to every single person associated with the organization, understanding the responsibility and taking it seriously and working towards that. And unless that's done, you know, it's all a facade and it will be just about few people sitting in boardroom trying to do something out of it. So we all have to work together. And I think that's the under underlining statement I would like to leave this uh, community with. Wow. I mean, uh, extremely impressive and a very effective way to judge whether the organization is actually causing impact or not, right? I mean, are people at every level aware and are they working towards it? Actually, are they owning it and they're working towards it? Thank you so much for spending the time today with us, Akantra. It's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to have gotten a chance to learn from you. Thank you, Shashwat. Hey, listeners. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Stay tuned for weekly episodes on Bending the Lines as we give you a circular lens of industries. Do follow Infinity Box and support us in the journey of a circular world. Until next time, this is your host, Shashwat Gangwal, signing off.